Okay, the 6th of February in the year of our Lord, 2023, and it's just gone 11 o'clock here in the UK. I'm delighted to finally have a chat with the lovely Joan Ginsberg. Our Catherine spoke to her a week and a half ago, and I was ill, I had no voice, and I didn't get a chance to speak to Joan or ask her all the questions that I wanted to ask her. So I'm here now with the wonderful Joan Ginsberg. Hi, Joan. Hi, Lou. Lovely for you to come on. Thank you so much. I think, first of all, for the benefit of the listeners, because, Joan, you're involved with Public Child Protection Wales. You are pub- you are part of Public Child Protection Wales. You've just um, completed and successfully are now a RSE teacher on relation with sex education. But let's start about you. Let the listeners know about you. Where did it all start for you? Tell us your story and how you woke up. I think the first person that I saw talking about it, it wasn't Kim. It uh, was a lady on the internet who was an educational psychologist and has converted to Islam. And she's got a big, long name. And I can't remember it. I don't know if you've ever been aware of her. I think she actually, she struggled to get work afterwards, after she'd spoken out. Um, I saw her, I saw a brief video somewhere of some of the Muslims in Birmingham showing actually on the streets. I don't know who they were. Um, and the quality was very poor, but they were on the streets and they were showing images from some of the books that had managed to get into the schools, the All About Me book probably or program. Um, and I was I was shocked. Between the two, I was quite shocked and then sort of went on the back boiler. Um, I didn't really dig into it. You know, I got a busy life. I was out and about and doing night classes and seeing family. And and it, it, it sort of fizzled away in the background. And then um, I heard about Kim and I heard about PCP. And it was during lockdown and it was a bleak, horrible day. And the girls had come all the way up from South Wales to Rhill, where we had a little bit of a a protest going on. It was only a few handfuls of people, you yeah. know, the way these things work. Yeah. And uh, we were all on the lookout for the police. And it was all sort of um, um, cloak and dagger type stuff, <laughs> you know, the way it was. Yeah. And I... I couldn't believe that these girls had come all the way up from South Wales just to address a handful of people. And I was I was just amazed by their courage and by um, their determination. And when they came, it was like, for me, it was like a bomb exploding, you know. They, they had that huge, long list of sex offenders uh, that were people involved in um, all sorts, um, some of them being school teachers and some of them being counsellors and this and that, you know, people in quite respectable and in inverted commas jobs. So there was that and there was um, just the whole power of yeah. an energy of, of these girls. And of course, especially Kim, because she's the most knowledgeable and, and, she is the most, well, I wouldn't say she's the most knowledgeable in every area by now. I'm sure there are some people that, you know, might have taken over in some departments or 
you know, people Quite like Kathy's got vast knowledge, etc. But it was just that energy mm-hmm. and that honesty, you know, and nothing was too much trouble. Can we look at this? Can we? Look? Of course you can, you know. And they wanted to engage with you. And I, I suddenly felt this is something I could be a part of, you know, that I would aspire to be a part of yeah. because I admired them so much. I agree. Totally. And it's their own time and they had families, they had other things to do, they were busy women, and yet they were doing this, you know, and it just humbled me. Yeah. So I began to look into it more then. And I think all their evidence was massive, but just sitting down on your own and looking at the WHO educational matrix. Yeah. was enough to make me feel that I was walking into quicksand. Yeah. It just gave me a horrible feeling in my stomach as yeah. soon as I saw um, that matrix beginning at naught to four years old. I was just appalled. I couldn't believe that this was serious, I, that, that they were seriously trying to roll something like this out. That's that's this is why it's very difficult for all of us, Joan. I'm sure people don't believe it because it is so it is so disgusting. It is so disturbing. People can't can't understand it. And they 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 don't believe they just shut down. Like, but no, this is true. This is true. It's there. It's in black and white. Alfred Kinsey wrote, you know, this matrix and this matrix is being referenced. His book is being referenced in government documents in regards to the sexual relationship and sexual relationship education. I know it's just amazing because didn't um, Emma Barnes in her book, didn't she reference the whole of Kinsey? Exactly. So that means she didn't just reference one page or one chapter. She referenced the whole of it. So by default... She is actually, um, she's she's actually standing up in a way, putting herself out there with a paedophile sympathiser. That's it. Exactly, exactly. So where did it go from there, John? So you you can't, Joan. Were you were you already um, aware of the government corruption, the nine eleven, the chemtrails? Were you were you awake? to uh, the main pointers of, of, of being awakeness? I think at that stage I was. You know, I'd been so dis- disappointed and disillusioned with politics. I'd read alternative history books like, um, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, well, several, not just the one. Um, there was Carol Quigley, um, um, Beast of Jekyll Island, which right, yes. I bought and I, I didn't read its entirety, but you don't have to to get that feeling that there was something really bad behind all this, you know, and that the that there were valid reasons why you were feeling that society was getting more tyrannical and more bossy and, and that people were getting less freedom. I, I'd felt that for years, really. I felt that there was something badly wrong. Yeah. In the way that our lives were being manipulated and our freedoms were being taken away. But I never, ever suspected it would get to this point. 
it's just insanity, Joan. So, so once you'd read all the documents, you got in, inspired. Um, where did it go for there? Because all you, you know, you are now a qualified teacher, are you not? Or I, I already was a qualified teacher, actually, oh. because I did. Um, I didn't do the PGCE or whatever it's called these days. Yeah, I left college in the early seventies in London, and. Um, it was a toss-up between going on and doing an MA, which I couldn't get funding for. I'd, I'd got a 2-1, you know, I got a pretty good degree at the time, but I couldn't get funding for an MA, and which I really wanted to do uh, in Portuguese, but it wasn't possible. Wow. Well, in Portuguese literature, really, I suppose. Might have been other things as well. Yeah. Um, I was really excited about doing that, but it was just going to be too expensive. And so my husband was a teacher. He just walked into the profession. It was so easy at that stage. You just knock on the door of a comprehensive school and you were virtually guaranteed to get in, you know, because um, they'd, they'd also put the school leaving age up, hadn't they? Which oh, meant that they? they required... What, what age was it then? Did it go from 15 to 16? I think that's the way oh, it went. Okay. Okay. So you you've got a whole gener um year class of teacher yeah. uh, class of pupils that didn't want to be there. You know, they've they were resentful that they were there in the first place. So I started working in the school where my husband was. Um and at that time you could do a year under assessment and then become qualified, which is the way I did it. I got I got dropped into the deep end and uh, I found it very difficult, I have to say, because I went to a girls' grammar school yeah. and I didn't experience any of the kind of behaviour there that I did in the comprehensive where I was teaching, which really depressed me because um, there was just no ethos of learning in the school at all. Uh, it was very sad. I mean, and look you at it now. <laughs> I know. I know. And and they tightened up and they got a national curriculum like Australia had one. And they had all these goals and hoops to jump through. But I don't think anything really improved. You know, the, the, the teaching community has been dumped on for a long time in the sense that um, everything is in flux and being overhauled all the time. How can we do things better? Well, I think there are easy answers how to do things better, you know. Just invest a bit more people in the system, hands yeah, on. And, and also, just to teach what teachers are supposed to teach. They're not social workers. They no. don't need to be teaching such things. They should be in the school teaching the English, maths, science. Yeah, those are the three core subjects. And yes, the history, if they're going to teach the correct history and geography and, and the subject, but they don't need to be getting in to things that are from home life. It's a parent's job to decide when they're ready to have the talk about sex. Nobody else is. A parent knows their child. Every single child develops differently. So I can remember, uh, you know, my daughter was a bit slow at the, the you know, on the other, she was lazy reading, um, walking. She didn't walk till 15 months. Well, my son was up trying to walk at six months. And, you know, she struggled a lot with her English. She would get back. She had extra lessons. 
Well, she's just been asked to do an MA. I mean, I wish she hadn't gone to university because she's turned woke. But, you know, teachers now, they're, do, they're, they're not qualified for the jobs that they're being asked to undertake. And really, <laughs> teachers should be up in arms about this because it's going to get to a stage when the, the, when the, when the kids get to, like, teenagers, I'm sure it's happening now already, they're going to start getting called pedos for talking about this thing and good on the kids for doing that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think uh, if I had a child of school age now, I I would be in such a dilemma. I would be in an awful dilemma. And I really sympathise with people who, who can't afford to take their kids out of school and educate them themselves. And I often used to think when my kids were growing up, as much as I feel that school has got a lot, I had a lot of misgivings about school in many ways and the kind of indoctrination that was going on then. I also felt that um, I was glad that they weren't all at home because I'd, I don't know how I would have coped. I think there would have been blood on the walls, you know, they probably would have been killing one another or uh, it just wouldn't have worked. I, I, I can't see how that would have worked for me. And I didn't have a vehicle and I was in a rural village, which I still am. We're still in the same home. And there was no way it would have worked for me as far as I could see. But by now there are networks and most people at the moment living in a rural area have a vehicle. And I think it's easier. But I think if I'd have done it, it would have been a very lonely Difficult experience, actually, because of of the way my kids interacted with one another or I just don't see it happening, you know. Yeah. So I, I've got great sympathy for anyone that's in that position where that they're feeling um, that school is a problematic place and they don't want their child there. They don't want their child indoctrinated. Um, it's one thing to be indoctrinated by, let's say, religion. Uh, which elements of it you might, I mean, I don't think anyone would oppose the basic elements of, of Christianity, for example. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not teaching a child to go off the rails. Okay. It's doing the opposite in many ways, whatever you think about religion. But the thing is, well, we are, but some people would call that indoctrination, wouldn't they, Lou? They would. They would. But we've also got to remember, and we're, I'm going to get called a racist and all sorts here, but it goes with the territory. But we were brought up with Christian values. Predominantly, this is a Christian country with Christian values. It's gone. Oh, absolutely. It's gone. We... Our nativities are no longer nativity plays. This has been going on for generations. And when I'm sure it's around the Blair era that everything started to change. The security, the ramps of the security came up, you know, cameras on every street corner, facial recognitions, um, the chemtrailing. I mean, I didn't wake up till 2008. So... I'm just going back to think, when did, when did all of this, where did it go? How did we lose all of our values that we were, you know, that we instilled in us from our, from our grandparents, who most of them were fighting in the Second World Wars, you know, First World Wars. They put their lives on to keep this country 
you know, and to keep you know, to keep our values. Oh, that's what they thought. Yeah, that's what they thought, and that's the conclusion that I came to halfway through my life. That those wars, I always felt it that they weren't necessary. That they couldn't be justified. That kind of loss of life and. Tearing exactly. apart of families. How can you ever justify it? Exactly. And the only way you and can they put, justify their, they put their lives on the line for this country, supposedly because we didn't want Nazis coming in and up, you know, uprooting our lives and what they've done in Poland and everything else. Really, the major threat was yes, the Germans were wrong, but the major threat was actually coming from the Russians. Um, but that's a story for another day. Um, so this. It, I, I, was it the Blair era where it started going? Because I don't know. You never. I didn't even know what gay was. I can remember my mum, and I. I, got, I lost the plot with her. They were off. They were. We were all on holiday, and I overheard a conversation that they all went skinny dipping, like with, with friends. They'd all been out for a restaurant. We were. We were back. We were younger. And I overheard, and I. Well, Dad was there, and my mum didn't know how to explain to me because I was ten that one of the people that were there was actually gay and she was with her two other girlfriends and there was a one guy there who was gay, but she didn't know how to say it to me. And that was at 10. So she said, yeah. I was in hell. I was kicking off saying that, you know, daddy's not here and a man, you went skinny dipping with a man. And mum didn't know how to tell me that he was gay. And I was 10. Because I didn't have those kind of things put in my head. No. I was innocent. Do you know what I mean? I was I didn't didn't know anything about that sort of thing. I was just being a young child, being a young child and enjoying life. But now at 10, they're getting told about anal sex being safe, ways not to get pregnant. What's that? I know. Uh, how did we get here? I, I, get I, here? I just don't know. But I think the leap has I think they've been too bold and the leap has been too far. Because I, I, it doesn't take a lot of intelligence. It doesn't take a lot of thought to actually sit down and unravel the yarn and see that um, the, the kind of this bold step that they've made is a step too far. I think they thought that they brought communities and states along with them. Through, through culture, through cultural changes, through um, music, um, films, etc., and that we were ready for this. But I don't think we'll ever be ready because I think they're going against a basic principle of human nature. I couldn't agree more, Joe. Couldn't agree more. They really are. And so I think for, for however much they've tried to corrupt people, considering the effort that they've put into it, I think people are still basically quite good. I do. They, and I think once they realise um, the the shape the 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 shape of things to come in education, that they will become quite alarmed. I think it's just a question of people understanding where we are with this and how serious it is. I mean, I can remember being a child and, and being in the garden in the 50s and singing Good Golly, Miss Molly, because there was this marvellous music coming on the radio from America, you know, Rock Around the Clock, Bill Haley, um, Little Richard, 
all sorts. And it was exciting music for a child. And I remember singing Good Golly Miss Molly. And then about 50 years later, I find out that the words to that were actually, it was all to do with um, a gay gay lifestyle, actually. Oh, was it um, really? Yes, apparently. I can't remember exactly what was what, but Miss Molly wasn't what we thought it was, you know. Crikey. So the, on this course, Joe, so you, you and Kimberly went off to do an RSE teacher training trainers course. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So come on, tell us all about that. And I would love to know how were their trainers with you and Kim? Did you have to keep it together? I would have found it very, very hard to keep it together. How did you find it? And what was what was it like? Give us a little bit of a breakdown of what these teachers are learning. Well, it was funny, really, because Kim and I were getting a bit nervous about it all, you know, um, especially Kim, more so than me. Um, because we were we were trying to figure out how we were going to handle it because we assumed that everyone would be woke, they'd have blue hair, pink hair, and they'd have pronouns, and that would we would be feeling really out of it, you know, and and having to pretend to fit in. Um, we thought that would be the case, but in actual fact, the trainer was um, Paul. His name was he was a lovely man. Um, with deep Christian values, which he didn't spread around, but you could just tell from the way he was talking. It was a, you know, you can't spend that long in someone's company because it was four days altogether and not get a pretty good evaluation of where they're coming from. So I, I would have been happy for him to have delivered his training to my children when they were younger. That's how I felt about him because I, I think he was compassionate and he was um, sensible and he didn't go over the top. But when he did go over the top, which was the odd occasion, um, we were allowed to talk about it and we were allowed to express our, uh, our, our problems with what he, he just delivered and say, well, we don't, I didn't think there was any necessity for those photos. I thought that they were um, a step too far um, in a mixed classroom. For example, he, 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 one of the things that he did, which I objected to, was he showed um, a video of a German woman, I think it was, in a classroom, an educator in this country, and they got pictures of um, female genitalia that had been shaved in different ways. And at first, when it came up on the screen, I thought, am I seeing, what am I seeing? What am I looking at? Because um, the screen was a little bit too distant for me to get the details. And I thought there were paintbrushes, but it was actually shaved genitalia. Because apparently it's a thing, isn't it? Why do why do children need to have? Why do they need a teacher to teach teach them and talk about that? I can't remember how it was justified. To be honest with you, because I personally can't see any justification for it. I would have felt so awkward if I was a girl in a class where that was being presented, and um, and you know, with boys present. At any age. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I just think they're trying to take the inhibitions away from children altogether. 
Uh, they are. Well, they are. So there was there was that, and there were one or two other little things, but mostly the kind of um, his kind of delivery and the things that he chose to talk about. Um, I, I thought that that some of them had a lot of validity to them, and they were interesting, interesting points that he made, and you could you could sort of build on them in your own imagination as well and and see how they might be helpful some some of the discussion points that that we had so yeah it wasn't all bad news which is what I was expecting but you see that particular company is quite an expensive company and it's the only one that actually gives an accreditation I think that I believe there's a, a university that's going to be giving one shortly, if it isn't already. Um, but that was what he told us. They were the only ones that actually gave an accreditation. And um, so they were quite expensive. Wow. So uh, schools, many schools wouldn't be getting that kind of quality. You know, because it's, it's cowboy land. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, who, who are, who are, who are these people? I mean, what do they? How do they justify this education being delivered to three and four year olds? Hello. Well, I'm not sure. Um, at what what age is it recommended in England? Um, is it five upwards? It's certainly older. I think it well, I don't know. I've be, I've only been focused on the Welsh at the moment, but I think it's around four to five, yes. I don't I really don't know. We didn't have that conversation actually. All oh, right, okay. Because um, that was my one question. Why do they need why do they feel these little ones need to know about this? They can't even do their shoelaces up. They probably can't even like pronounce shoelaces you know why do they feel that they need to start introducing introducing these babies this is what i want just want answers why do why do you feel that these children need to do it? why do you want to take their innocence away from them because that's what well, they you think. see the people that are actually constructing um this these kind of curricula they're not like you and me they actually do not believe in childhood innocence I mean, for example, Emma Reynolds in, in the book that she wrote in whenever it was, which was a precursor to her. Um, Educate, celebrate. Uh, yeah, to um, writing the RSE curriculum for Wales, for co-constructing it with uh, what was her name, Esther McGeaney. Um, that was a big badge of honour for her that she'd done this thesis on children and that she'd worked with children in schools, in two separate schools. Um, and the thing was, what came from that, um, if, if you actually read that book, I can't remember what it's called, Boys and Girls, and I don't, it's got a big, long title. But um, basically what comes out of it is this idea that children are far more knowing than we think they are, which to an extent I would agree with, because I think a child does learn by osmosis in a way. Yeah. And, and of course, there are a lot of inappropriate things for them to view 
even if you try and shield them or to hear, um, it doesn't matter how much you try and protect your children, you're not going to keep these things away from them. But that does not mean, in my book, that they're not innocent. And it's not up to other people. This is a parent's duty. And I know the schools get around, oh, well, some parents don't do this, but the majority of parents do care and they do need to have this. Well, I don't know, maybe they don't because if they did care so much, where are these people at the rallies? I know. This is what, this is what I can't get my head at. Where are the men, Joan? Like, where are the men? You have got your child. You're sending your daughter. Let's just, just do it. Daddies and daughters. You're sending your little daughter. No, I'm going to upset somebody. Whatever. Parents, fathers, you're sending your little innocent children off to school. And you've got a strange person at that school, probably with blue hair, probably with some nonsense gender, is going to be sitting there discussing sex with your child. Where are the fathers? I know it's blood curdling, isn't it? It's just weird. Can I just tell you an anecdote? And I think if this happened to every family in the country, not that I'd want it to, um, but just as a jolt, as a wake-up call, that um, the, then the fathers might start getting heated. Um, in the early 70s, when our daughter was in school in London, it was a Victorian school, and... Um, the toilet block was outside and it was towards the main road. And she'd gone there one day and a teenage lad must have hopped over the fence or gone through the gate because the security on schools was pretty minimal at that time. And uh, there was a busy North Circular Road next to the school. Um, it was, you know, the outskirts of London. It was classed as London. So... He had come into the toilet when she'd been there and he had thankfully not assaulted her physically, but he was, that was his intention. Uh, I think he'd, did he take a knickers down? He did, he, it was something wow. shocking, you know, but she came out of it more or less unscathed and the police took it quite seriously and... We were shocked. We were shocked to our core to think that that could have happened to our child. And that particular night, my husband didn't sleep. He got up at, he got work the next day, but he got up at sort of one o'clock in the morning and he was prowling the streets looking for the perpetrator as if he was going to find him, you know. But that's how it's upsetting it actually is. That's how awful. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, and, and to have a scare like that it really sets you back. It's, um, it's, it's, well, neither of us could sleep. And we just felt soiled and we felt, um, I'll, I'll just shut this door. Can you hear the cattle? No. Oh, you can't hear the cattle. No, no, no. Oh, because my husband's just come in. He's put the cattle on. Um, yeah. So, but the thing is, by now, Schools are almost producing the same effect. Yeah. And they're, if you take a sense of shock and disgust in children, there are some children coming home in tears because they've seen things that 
in the sex ed lessons that they found upsetting. And there are other children that are coming home with strange behaviours. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I met the parents of a little girl who was rubbing herself on on the carpet till she was... Kim's on the phone. Hang on, I just... Yeah. Um, rubbing herself on the carpet till she was red raw. Wow. And she was in she was a, a three-year-old in nursery school. Oh. And when I went to actually speak to the teacher, uh, the teacher said, well, we have to teach this. Well, we know what this is, don't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, people are day. saying it's not happening. It is happening. It is happening. Well, did you see the video the other day? Uh, but they were in America and a little girl goes, why? She goes, I want to be a boy. To her mum, she was only three. There was there were two kids. There was one three, and I think one four. Why do you want to be a boy? And the old sister comes up because we're going to bleed, and we don't want to bleed. Exactly. Who does? I mean, I can remember being um, a child coming up to puberty. Oh gosh! And having all sorts of weird feelings. You know, what's ahead yeah. of you? Um, what's it all about? Why, why me kind of thing, you know, and what wanting, we're doing to them, Joan. Yeah, and feeling that it was it would be much nicer to be a boy, that, you know, you wouldn't have all this weird, weird things going on yeah. ahead of you, you know. Everyone feels that kind of trepidation and insecurity about their body. Yeah, exactly. It's, but it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's you know, boys can't boys can't get pregnant. Boys can't have babies. We have a cycle. This is what happens until you get to a certain age, and then you get the menopause, which personally is, my opinion, a million times worse than any other period. Um, All right. I, th I think my family will agree with me. <laughs> I sailed <laughs> through my periods when I was young. Sailed, and I'm just menopause <laughs> kicking me right up the backside now. <laughs> Oh, dear. But at the end of the day, Joan, these are children. Their innocence is being stripped away. And I want to know why they want to do that. Why is that urgency on the little ones? That's the and why are the men not involved? I, actually, I think there are more men becoming involved now. Oh, bloody um, Joan. Well, well, I'm seeing it in America. Yeah. I'm seeing quite a, quite a lot of gay men standing up. Um, at these school board meetings. I don't know if you've been following them. Yes, I try I and watch as many as I can um, just to see how the parents are being handled, uh, what kind of respect they're being given. Uh, when they're, Because they're allowed to go to the school board meetings and speak out, aren't they? Which we're not here. Exactly. Silent. Uh, we, we can only go to the school in ones and twos and ask nicely for resources, to see the resources, to see the lesson plans. And we're be get, be, be get, getting turned away. We're not being allowed to see these things, are we? But in America, they have more of an open door system whereby you can actually go and speak your mind for three minutes, mind. It's only three minutes uh, to school board meetings. So I've been watching a lot of those and it's amazing. Um, the kind of things that parents are coming out with. And I am noticing more men as well. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's Initially, I think it was mostly women, but there do seem to be some angry fathers around. I'm not saying it's everywhere, but um, 
hopefully it'll be contagious. Because in America, they've had, you must know, the kind of books that they've had in the school libraries oh there. Oh, my gosh, they're horrific. Totally pornographic. Yeah. I mean, this okay. whole, I mean, I can remember holding those documents up, Joan, back in 2015, 14, 13, maybe, on the UK column saying this is what is coming and we fell asleep. And it's all, it slipped in there into the schools here. Wales is the last... Uh, the last place standing to, to, to fight this battle. Well, they were, got the abuse. But, you know, it's we are following and we are going to be getting those same books in our curriculum, are we not, Joan? Because it's come from America. They're already here in our libraries, some of them. Wow. Um, and, and the, um, and the uh, civic libraries or whatever they're called, you know. Then yeah. I'm not saying they're in school libraries, I wouldn't know. Um, it's not easy for us to know these things, is it? Because you can't just casually walk into a school and look at the, the books that they've got. Yeah. And anyway, what's on the Chromebooks? The what books? The Chromebooks that all the kids have. Yeah, what are they? What are they all about? I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know either. So I, I hear various stories about these Chromebooks. And um, I believe that some kids are just looking at YouTube on them. Yeah, possibly, possibly. That's something I think we need to delve into then, really. Need and YouTube isn't them. a friendly place either. Oh, TikTok's worse, though. The possibly, TikTok I don't, I, I don't TikTok know. TikTok is far, far worse, and it's really doing damage to the children. It really is. They're trying to ban TikTok. It's, it, you know, they can just flip on there and they are exposed to the most horrific content, pornogra porn, uh, pornography. It's horrific. Absolutely horrific, Joan. These things have got to be stopped. Joan, we're going to be out of time. I would like to do another show when Catherine's here because I know you and Catherine wanted to do a follow up. If people want to get, well, not get in contact, see some of your stuff or connect with regard to Public Child Protection Wales, how do they do that up north if they're in North Wales? Because you, you're kind of the North Wales contingent, aren't you, to PCP? Yes. Um, they, I suppose uh, the best thing that they could do would be to message perhaps myself on Facebook, that okay. might be one way of, of going yeah. about it, John Ginsburg. Yeah, and maybe they can get in touch with that. They can just send an email to PCP Wales, can't or they? Or PCP Wales, yes. I, I don't know. I don't know who's manning the emails. And there's also a supporters of Public Child Protection Wales. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which uh, people can message. Yeah, and you can message us um, at Liberty Tactics, either cat at Liberty Tac K with a K, K A T at Liberty Tactics.co.uk or Lou at Liberty Tactics, and we'll get the message over to Joan. If yeah, want. it would just be so good to see more feet on the ground. That's it. That's what we need. And I think we need to come up to, uh, I think maybe we come up to North Wales. We're going to be doing another podcast a thon. It'd be great if you and Matty could come down. We're going to do it. We're going to try and find an apartment or something in, in Cardiff and do it so people can actually come in and be in the studio with us. So yeah, that would be ideal. So that's what that's what the plan is, Joan. Well, Joan, because, I mean, our, our our only tool now really is awareness. Yeah, and to and to win the bloody appeal. 
Yes, that well, we have to we have to have a good go at it, don't we? We really do. Yeah, exactly. Every time they try knocking us down, we've got to get back up again. So, and we're not going to stop getting back up because it's our children we're fighting for. And what Kimberly and everybody, what Kimberly and Joan and Public Child Protection Wales are doing, they're not just doing it for the children of Wales; they're doing it for the whole entire country. The last fight and the last stand is in Wales. They are doing. People re- really need to know that this is global as well. Yeah, it's a global education. It's already here in the UK. Wales for us is the last stance, you know, and really for the whole world, really. They, you know, that these mums are not going to stop, and we have to support them. They are doing all the work, and it's unfair for all of the, for for Joan, for Kimberly, and the other parents who are suing to be lum- not lumbered, but to have the weight of these court fees and everything else on their shoulders. It is not fair. You're quite right. And it's hitting some of them quite hard as well. They've been under a tremendous pressure. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it would be it would be so good if more people could rally around. Rally and, around and just spread the burden a little bit, you know? Exactly. Exactly. There are forms that are downloadable uh, and flyers. Uh, if you want to get outside your own school and just hand them to other parents, it's very difficult for people now who children have left school to go down to the school and pass leaflets out because people, you know, it's just, you get shit, but try and do it. If you can get down there, hand a few leaflets out, talk to people, you know, this is what's needed. It really is. And it's the sake of our children. If everyone, the amount of shouting that everyone did about COVID, if we could have those voices for the children, happy days. Mm, Exactly, Lou. The children are more important to me. You know, as I keep reiterating, this is the most campaign. This is the most important campaign. There is no, I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone comes back. And I get the emails. Oh, yeah, but if they sort this problem out, it's going to be able to sort that problem out. You know, and then the kids will get sorted. So it's not. No. Our children are the most important thing. The children of the UK, any child is the most important subject going. So. I, I, I can't see how anyone could argue with that, really. Yeah. But, but they're just not there, they? They're still pumping money into people on COVID. They're still talking so much about COVID. Just spend a day, have a break from COVID. Talk about the children for a day. Well, I suppose when you look at it, the children have come have fared very, very badly for the whole of the past three years. They've been virtually ignored. It's tragic, Joan. Absolutely tragic. With, with whatever subject you're talking about, with whatever has been foisted on them, they, they've they've had a life of hell. Yeah. And I'm not seeing gangs of happy kids walking around the village anymore, like I used to. Well, you don't see anyone. The roads, people still... I can't believe on a Friday near here, like the main little junction is quite busy, you know, in Torbay. Empty. Roads are still empty. Like what's going on? Town centres are empty. They've, they, you know, they've done this experiment, this social experiment that they called COVID, and it's destroyed us. It's destroyed the country. It's, it's ha- I, yeah. I think it's ripped the heart. It's ripped the guts and the heart exactly. out of everywhere. Exactly for nothing, for flu, for what this handful of people 
want. Handful, and that's all it is. There is just a small minority of people who, who don't like us and they want to destroy our children's innocence. They, they just want to destroy everybody. And the best way to do to ensure it is to get to the children. To make sure that, yeah, anyway, that everyone knows this. So listen, I'm Joan, we will do another show. Thank you for sharing your story. I just wanted to hear you've done so much and you know pcp wales you you guys you're just warriors and we will do anything we can to support you and uh thank you for sharing your story with us joe oh that's been my pleasure I just, I just wish you say you've done so much every day i feel guilty i'm not doing more i, j- I just wish i could do more yeah don't we all yeah but we will do, we will do it. And I mean, you know, if we, anybody just, if you can spare some money to donate to this campaign or get to one of the rallies, you know, you will have the best welcome. I feel I've got a family, you know, a new, a new set of family on my side because these guys are amazing and I can't wait to see you all again. <laughs> I know, isn't that, that, that has been one of the best things to come out of it. Actually, friendships that have been formed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And everyone with the same, you know, it doesn't matter what religions, you know, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's we're all there for one purpose. And it was one common ground that we could all have is that we want the innocence of our children protected. Yeah, at all costs. At all costs. Exactly. Joan Ginsburg. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, I'll get this show out later. As we said, publicchildprotectionwales.org. Please donate if you can. Have a look at the website. If you do want to ask Joan any questions or you're interested about the events that they put on in North Wales, please feel free. You can email us at Liberty Tactics uh, and or fill in the contact screen. Or you can find Joan Ginsburg on Facebook and I'm sure she will respond. So thank you so much for today, Joan. God bless. Thank you, Lou. You can hate me, try to break me, talk me down and denigrate me. You can try to silence every word, but I will not be leaving quietly now. I won't leave. I won't leave. I will not be leaving quietly. You can mock me. Try to outsmart me You can shame me And try to blame me You can do your best To shut me up But I will not be leaving Quietly now I won't leave I won't leave I will not be leaving Quietly I'm gonna stand here And I'll fight for every word I'm gonna shout the truth Until you know it's heard
Quietly now. 